0: franchise from everything. Oh, well, I fall up and I fall down. And American loser the day I was born.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place, bringing you weird tales of losing from American history. The stuff that either got a line in your history book or maybe wasn't even covered at all. Or maybe you thought you knew the story and you really didn't. My name's KP Burke. I am a stand up comic in New Jersey. Uh, sometimes I dabble in New York, sometimes Florida. Ooh, and uh, apparently uh, the industry is coming back, so they say. But if you're already a longtime listener of the show, I want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you. And if you're just now tuning in for the first time, welcome aboard, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. That handsome laugh in the background is actually my dilf of a dad, Lawrence Patrick from South Beach, Florida. How are you? Seth? Oh,
2: We're just doing great, Kev. Great day. Great day here in South Florida.
1: No doubt. So I've heard. So I've heard. Um, I'm excited about that. Oh, well, man. It's good to hear your voice. Good to see your face on the thing here. Of course, the magic of all of this is being brought to you by the good people over to Shared Universe Podcast Studio, where Mike and Ming are taking excellent care of us and decent care of everybody else, because we're number one, baby. That's what Ming tells me every yeah, time right. I... Every time I pay him for studio time.
2: Every whole, every time he holds up one finger, he says, you're number one. A, <laughs> now, in, you're, in my
0: most humble opinion, you are most legitimately number one podcast <laughs> in that network. Others be damned, and Others I mean
1: it. <laughs> well, uh, you know that voice if you're a regular listener of the show. The man behind the ones and twos, our personal Wizard of Oz.
0: Ah! <laughs> the, the big I kahuna. The great and powerful kahuna. <laughs>
1: buddy we got a good one for you here uh i'm sure you have heard uh of a little musical called annie get your gun
0: i have actually okay Okay. so we're off to a a decent start with this one i actually know something
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh annie get your gun is a musical based on the life and by the way my first time and possibly only time ever seeing annie get your gun was I want to say at a Florence M. Bird uh school Middle production school. in Andover, <laughs> New Jersey. There you go.
0: I do there's correct me if I'm wrong. I think the one thing I do remember about this musical is the music by what is his name? Is it yeah, Irving Berlin? What?
1: That is sounds music, right.
0: Is the music by Irving Berlin? I don't oh know why I know that.
2: You're asking the uh, twenty five dollar question there. That's uh, well, let's let's move on, please. The next category. <laughs> I'll tell
1: you what, I'll ask you in the background, uh, Cahoons, if you could look that up, because I'd be curious, too, because that does sound right to me um, now that the aforementioned middle school, too. That's not where I went to school. That's where uh, a certain Lawrence Patrick Burke uh, spent a, a good couple tours of duty in his career as a woodshop uh, educator. Yeah, them. well,
2: that's just, well, in that particular case, Kev, we were a uh, stage set production. So, uh, you know, design and production, I should say. So I, I hear
0: oh, you. Sunquist family. I was right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is
1: that is such a, a, a be- if you don't know who the Sunquist family uh, are, they are, uh, first of all, very talented musician and Carl and a lovely family out. in I want to say the Minnesota area who are, uh, have become good fans and friends of the show. And uh, we love them very much. So that's why we use them. That's actually a compliment. All right, Coonan, I did to, to, to use curse. you as a curse word. I
0: was like, oh, man, what's perfect? The Sunquists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Annie Get Your Gun is definitely the uh, a version of the story of Today's Loser, who there's a couple of losers for this one. We're actually going to go Tarantino on you here, buddy. Ooh. All right. Yeah, so uh, in order to tell this story, we have to tell it somewhat out of order. And then, in order to tell it well, we got to do, uh, I have to tell two other stories leading into the other story. And I'm going to tell them out of order, which in my madness, uh, we're going to tell it correctly and thoroughly by borrowing from uh, Tarantino and Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dog style. So,
0: um, KP, the, you've had me at Tarantino.
1: Um, yes. Yeah.
2: So the middle is the beginning, the beginning is the end, and uh, we'll just turn the whole thing inside out and we'll come up with Inside
0: out, upside down, and backwards. Let's (laughs) do it. There you go.
2: That's
1: right. Today's episode is going to be like uh, when Ken Krantz is headlining a comedy club. You think it's the end, but really it's the middle.
2: (laughs) This episode is best to listen to while you're looking at yourself in the mirror. So whatever, whatever works for you.
1: (laughs) Well, the first story is going to be a girl. This is our first character in today's story here a girl from Colville, California, born in 1871. So uh, Colville appears on the map to be just about in the Nevada territory, and uh, it's also turned out some tough customers, including the first focus of the story, a woman by the name of Miss Lillian Smith. So Lillian begins shooting guns at age seven. Um, Cahoons, you fired a gun before, right?
0: Um. No,
1: actually, I don't think I have. All right, well, Uncle Paulie's going to hear this, and he's going to want to take you out to his hunt club because that's just what <laughs> that's, that's right. what he does. So I mean, I'm game. Fuck it, why not? Oh, you'll have a good time, man. No, you that's don't a-
2: want to say "game" in front of Uncle Paulie because that means that you're now the target.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> Oh, great. This um, is a no, whole movie. I don't know I was ready to be
2: part of. so yeah, you're up for it. you're You're willing to participate, but you don't want to label yourself game as an deer or uh, wild hog or something, something like that type of game. Oh God. <laughs>
1: I, I shit you not. I didn't even want to tell this, but I'm going to say it in 30 seconds or less. Um, Uncle Paulie is the guy who taught me how to shoot. So now I did qualify uh, uh, often with the military and you had to unlearn and relearn some different habits. Um, listening to Uncle Paulie and learning how to shoot with him. I did get uh, two deer. The, the one time I did go deer hunting, which was a uh, very, very cool to put some food on the table for the family around uh, Thanksgiving of that year. And um, it was an interesting experience because when he taught me how to shoot, I was in sixth grade and I learned on a 22 and then was firing a, a black powder rifle of his and then also shooting a shotgun. And let me tell you uh, that the shotgun had a, some kick to it, man. But the funniest thing that I'll never forget about that trip was that I learned how to shoot on the 22s and the first target that Uncle Paulie put up and he never, he didn't even show it to me beforehand or anything like that. The target, um, maybe 25, uh, I don't know how far away I was from the the target, but the target itself was a giant poster of a uh, woman uh, without a shirt on, uh, <laughs> who uh, we'll refer to her as well endowed in terms of chest. And uh, uh, Uncle Paulie walked back up to me and said, All right, aim for the left nipple. And <laughs> we've never talked about it since, but <laughs> uh, he's listening on his couch right now, too, on his little thing. Actually, he got an iPhone now, too, so he's pretty fancy here. Um, I, but
0: still, little, I still have my amazing art piece that is literally hanging on my desk. I love it so much.
1: <laughs> and he's a Patreon listener. So he's going to get our bonus episode, which by the way, guys, if you're not already a member of the Patreon, you want to support the show. I get to buy Kahuna's love every week. Um, of course. And his technical <laughs> expertise. Right. And uh, it costs me a pretty penny, but you know what you guys do? If you just throw five bucks a month towards the show, it means a lot to us. Um, I've been thinking about maybe doing different tiers for something moving forward here. So we got a couple of the weird projects on the back burner. Um, but again, just the the price of one large cold brew coffee over at Dunkin' Donuts in the and great state of New a Jersey <laughs> gets you uh, a bonus episode of American Loser that will only be over on Patreon. Otherwise, you got to wait a full year before you get to listen to that bad boy. And who wants to wait a year when you can get the whole damn thing and support the show, baby? All right. So we have introduced the first character here. And again, I started shooting in sixth grade. She's shooting at age seven. All right. In Miss Lillian Smith here. And she's so like dad. I mean, she's pretty much a crack shot from the get go. She shows talent for it right away. She actually starts competing in sharpshooting competitions at the age of 10. So three years into it, she's professionally shooting, if you will here. So, uh, she also learns how to become a trick rider on horseback, which is uh, like doing some of the weird, crazy stunts on horses and stuff like that. And she begins to build a reputation for herself as an entertainer. And uh, her, this is a great WWF name here if you want to be a pro wrestler. Um, under the moniker of Champion Huntress of California, the California girl herself will join up with the big leagues of entertainment for that time, which is, in fact, a little – Gimmick known as Buffalo Bills Wild West. Right. Does, she,
0: does she come out to? I wish they all could be California.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's silly of you to say that. Okay, okay
2: I, I see how it is.
1: It's yeah, Katie Perry's version.
2: Just for a woman at, at this time uh, in history to be handling firearms is something that's like remarkable to begin with, because uh, you know she wasn't fitting the the mold of uh, proper. Uh, upbringing and and everything else by any stretch of the imagination. Miss Lillian was a a bit of a a bit of a rogue, if you will. Um, But she's not alone
1: in the game. No,
2: she's not not alone in the game. And when she uh, comes into um, the big time with Buffalo Bills Wild West, uh, that is the big time. That was the big uh, star attraction, if you will. They're they're touring around the the nation and, and later around the world. Um, it's WrestleMania
1: dude.
2: yeah, it's Wrestlemania. it's it's um, some of the research I did it, they were touting it as uh, the first real reality show that uh, Buffalo Ooh. Bills Buffalo Bills was the re, the premier reality show of uh, of the age.
0: That's that's a great description of the time too like that's what they perceive to be real
2: and it's a traveling show right. I love that probably set up in a tent.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, like without a show like this, if you will. And by the way, interestingly enough, uh, my father and I did discuss this beforehand that uh, it's actually, it's com It's got like a Mandela effect thing where people think that it was called Buffalo bills, wild west show. It was never actually titled that it was just a show called Buffalo bills, wild west. And we just added the word show to it at all the time. So it's weird. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, so like we said, that's main, of, you know, main event level talent here. She's uh, you know, got a, a good moniker uh, in the champion huntress of California here, and she's going to punch her ticket to the big time in 1886 at just age 15. So that's now she's been shooting guns for eight years, learning how to do trick riding, all that other weird stuff. Uh, she is described as boisterous, confident and dressed in a flashy manner. She was also known to be a notorious flirt and would have likely uh, been one of the top talents in Buffalo Bill's circus of sorts, if you will, if not for her chief rival. So we're going to have to introduce another character now. So stop the movie here. We've introduced uh, you understand that uh, the bride got shot on her wedding day now and killed Bill. Now we got to start introducing you to the, you know some of the other characters. <laughs> so uh, August 13th, 1860 in Ohio the future superstar of Buffalo Bill's Wild West is born. Her birth name was Phoebe Ann Mosley, but she would become known around the entire world by her future stage name of Annie Oakley. All right. And uh, we didn't happen. We, we always wanted to do an episode on Annie Oakley. Uh, however, we never got around to doing it. And then it just happens to be the final couple of days of Women's History Month. And I think Annie Oakley is more interesting than the first female NFL referee. All right. Because... I've been growing up my entire life hating the fucking refs. Now I got to sit there and be like, it's such an amazing accomplishment for you to screw the fucking giants out of a game. <laughs> Easy,
0: KP. Bring it down. That's, it's all good.
1: That's right, right. It'll get
2: better, Kev.
0: I'm a podcast engineer, not a therapist.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, interestingly enough, uh, the giants quarterback is affectionately known as Danny dimes and dimes are going to come up here in a second. Cause I think we understand now where the term comes from. I think it's, they, they were saying he's throwing dimes uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the person throwing them is actually doing the amazing part here, as is we're going to cover in a second. So you want to talk about a tie in baby that's called um, I mean, I'm doing it. I'm doing yoga over here, baby. Cause that's a stretch. Um <laughs> So
2: <laughs> It's certainly a reach, maybe not a stretch, but it's oh certainly God, a reach. but keep it going.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, again, we're in uh, Ohio in 1860. It is not going to be an easy life for the woman born Phoebe Ann Mosey, uh, later to be known as Annie Oakley. Her father had been severely injured in the war of 1812. If you're not familiar with that, have I got a patreon for you folks? Here Two you parts. Go. We cover We literally teach you the entire War of 1812 and make dick jokes, okay? It essentially is <laughs> – we came into it thinking it was going to be a fun topic. It turned into – I wrote a fucking book, all right? That's what it turned into.
0: It's worth the Patreon, people. Please go check it out.
2: <laughs> Doctorial
1: <laughs> dissertation. It really Fund your man.
0: local kahuna.
2: There well, you go.
1: The problem is that uh, her – Father is injured in the war, never really truly recovers. Here, her father will die while Annie's still very young, and the family is suffering constantly. This hard scrabble life for Annie it leads to her uh, desperately, out of out of desperation, I should say, discovering a natural talent for shooting. So, she claims to have killed her first squirrel with what she calls a wonderful shot, with the bullet passing right through the head of the squirrel. So that's in one ear, out the other, literally. Okay. Um, this is remarkable no matter who is shooting. Cause, um, dad, do you know anybody that shoots squirrels?
2: Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, it's a relatively small target and, uh, you know, you gotta be spot on and for her to put one right through the head. And th- th- what I read is that Annie was able to do that off her front porch by, uh, leaning the rifle, her, her pappy's <laughs> rifle. And it wasn't a rifle. It was really a muzzle loader. And she was able to shoot this thing off a fence rail that was, uh, out you know a good distance away from the front porch out in the yard so i mean, but she's looking to put meat on the table here show off so if you <laughs> can shoot through the head you got you got plenty of uh, you're not spoiling any of the meat by uh, where you hit it with the with the bullet with the round
1: very true. And um, I've never eaten squirrel. The people that I know that have say it actually tastes uh, like a, a it's very good. No one's ever complained about the taste of squirrel. Apparently. I'm not saying I'm going to find out. I'm just saying it's interesting. OK, <laughs> so um, like you said, dad, putting meat on the table, that's meaning that, you know, Annie's figuring out a way to make things happen over here. She's going to put her skill as a, a Marx woman, if you will, to use on the regular. So she would track, hunt, skin, and sell meat from her kills to the local hotels and grocers. So uh, I can't believe I'm hearing you rustle papers in fucking Florida, dude. You're no. ridiculous. <laughs> Get over it. Learn to use the mute button, will you? <laughs> um, she becomes well-known in this area, in the, the greater Ohio area, for her, uh, quote, particular set of skills, dad. Um, times were indeed tough for Annie and so uh, her and her sister actually wind up getting sent to, and I couldn't believe this. I thought for sure this would have gotten mentioned in some of the books and stuff I've read about her, you know, throughout, uh, uh, my weird little love affair with history. But, um, Annie and her sister actually get sent to an infirmary infirmary, I should say, uh, for a time for their own well-being because things were that bad at the the household, if you will. What and,
0: exactly is an infirmary?
2: Yeah, so, it was more like a uh, old age home, uh, orphans, uh, all the the destitute that um, if your parents couldn't support you. Uh, her parents were alive, so no, exactly. no. The, the father, um, her mother is still alive. The, her father, her biological father, is has died. Yeah. She he died at a very early age. She was very young when uh, her uh, father died. And then the mother remarried and he died shortly thereafter so, and she had a lot of brothers and sisters so um annie is pretty much uh trying to just help out here and that's where some of her shooting skills took place um but uh you know, the mother was no longer able to support the family so what do you what are you going to do but send some of your kids off to the infirmary so that uh they could work there work their way through uh, life, if you will, by making you know pennies on pennies off just room and board type of a thing at the infirmary. so uh, yeah. she she went to the infirmary helping out uh, raising some of the other younger orphans that were also set there and some of the aged.
1: Well, uh, she unfortunately, while she's there, if I was to um, try to summarize everything here briefly, Let's just go ahead and say it's a hard knock life. Okay, she's not nothing's coming easy for the future uh, Annie Oakley here, but uh, she actually gets lent out or is fostered, if you will, or indentured servitude, depending on who you're talking to, to a family in the area that lied to her saying that they were going to pay her a wage uh, for helping out around the house and routinely abused her. So in her own autobiography, because Annie would become educated formally in her Later years, despite a lack of a traditional education as a youth, just because shit's so tough uh, for them growing up. Annie actually refuses to name the family that abused her. She doesn't actually ever mention their name. She only acknowledges them as the wolves. The wolves that abused her. And uh, she tells of being banished out to the cold on a winter night because she upset the wolves. That they would not let her come inside the house to get warm by the fire or even just have a roof over her head because she had upset them. So eventually shit gets so bad, Annie runs away and goes back to her mother where her trapping and shooting skills uh, become such a prominent part of her and the main focal point of uh, you know, the entire family's welfare, if you will, that by selling all that meat to the hotels and the grocery stores and shit, she actually pays off the mortgage on her family's home
2: wow yeah she's she's definitely got a business and when she was first lent out um from the infirmary to this you know w- there were to be foster parents uh she's like all of 10 years old so uh, she's you know you the child char- child labor laws were, were not in effect at this particular point and they were just she was just another uh hired hand that wasn't being paid she was supposed to get a whopping uh, 50 cents a week which uh amounts to today's dollar today's money about 10 bucks a week so basically you're paying this kid an allowance to uh work themselves to death
1: um she had a roof over your head sometimes. yeah that, that was it
2: uh you got you know minimal minimal food and uh, maybe a roof over your head but uh, you know it was certainly not living in the any stretch of the imagination or the, the lap of luxury that uh The loving uh, foster parents, that was that was not the case. She was only lent out to be a uh, underpaid hired hand.
1: Well, the family that uh, took her uh, into their care, if you will, definitely pieces of shit. When Annie herself who's pretty much uh, we're going to see that the rest of her life here is the just consummate professional, just nothing but class. And she will, again, only refer to them as the wolves in the autobiography. So, you know, it's not good. But luckily she bails on that gets back over to her mother. And by age 15, she is considered to be possibly the best shot in all of Ohio. So uh, this is information. uh, Again, it's one of those great Adam Sandler lines. uh, uh, This is information that could have been uh, useful to me yesterday. (laughs) This is information that a guy by the name of Frank Butler probably wished he'd known on Thanksgiving day in 1875 when his traveling shooting demonstration show was on tour in Cincinnati. So uh, Butler was quite the crack shot and routinely would wager the crowd $100 that he would beat their best marksman in town in a shooting competition. That's how good this guy was. So to adjust for inflation, by the way, is that what you were going to say?
0: Oh, no, I was just saying, uh-oh, because I was like, uh-oh, he's setting himself up for failure already. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and all these traveling shows, I mean, that was not uncommon because, again, you're living in a time where you can't be flipping on the, the television to have any kind of entertainment. There is no movies or anything. So, I'm just uh, like
0: laughing. Yeah, the, the,
2: the, the, <laughs> the shows are traveling around the country. The, the The shows have to come as close to you. As they possibly can so that you could, you know, hitch up the wagon or the horse or walk uh, to the show. So uh, this guy, uh, Butler, comes into town with his traveling show and he's a, 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 a marksman, a trick shot himself. So he puts up uh, the hundred dollar bet with the local uh, hotel owner.
1: And he's Irish, too. So, uh, you know, you can't trust him. Um, he, he's actually, I didn't realize he was an Irish immigrant until I read about him a little bit more, but, uh, he is a, an Irish immigrant in town in Cincinnati and he will wager anybody in the crowd for a hundred bucks, which adjusted for inflation for the time is about $2,300 today. All right. Um, he's going to say for that much money, I'll beat anybody in town. And there was a hotel owner in Cincinnati named, I shit you not Jack Frost. I mean, that's just, That's just mean. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) it's uh, why I want to have a traditional name for my kid. That's why he's going to be named Mr. T Burke. So, (laughs) um, but uh, again, for twenty three hundred dollars in modern money here, uh, that's a lot of money uh, by today's standards here. Uh, Hell, a hundred bucks is actually nothing. I mean, I've I've done a half hour comedy for a hundred bucks before. So um, Jack Frost arranges that Butler's challenger would be none other than the local celebrity herself standing at just five feet tall. Little Miss Sure Shot, Annie. All right. Now, uh, accounts will vary as to how the contest went down, but the part of the story that says consistent is that after he missed, Frank Butler missed on his 25th shot. So, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, he just couldn't hit anything that particular day. He's, He's shown up, he's game for it, and he's just a little bit better. Yeah,
2: it's the best out of 25. So he's taken 25 shots, she's taken 25 shots, and it it comes down to uh, uh, on his 25th shot. So up until this point in the contest, he's 24 for 24. Uh, And then he takes his, his final shot and misses. So he's 24 for 25. And uh, little Miss Annie at five foot nothing, right? Uh, she uh, she hits for twenty five out of twenty five and wins the competition.
0: Hundred bucks a shot? No,
1: not a, not hundred bucks no, a shot. Oh, that'd be no. great.
2: The, the <laughs> contest. <I'm> like, <laughs> the contest was a hundred bucks uh, in today's money. That'd be at least twenty three hundred, maybe even twenty five hundred dollars. So not a not a bad contest to win, uh, especially when <laughs> you're. When you're hunting uh, game for uh, putting, uh, you know, paying off mom's mortgage. Uh, It was a good
1: night at the bar.
2: Yeah, it was was a good
1: day. I was eating squirrel about 20 minutes before I came here. (laughs) And now I got $100 in my pocket. And uh, I mean, but dad, I got to ask you this. What's what's an Irish immigrant sharpshooting entertainer to do when he loses a public shooting contest to a local 15-year-old girl? Uh, there's only one thing to do. You got to marry that one. That's right. Uh, to to borrow uh, a no term way. from pop culture, it's a wife.
2: <laughs> That's it. That's a match set game. Uh, bring it on. Um, yeah, they start. They commence to uh, to sparking and courting. So uh, um, it was love at first buckshot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love at first sight. Love at first shot.
1: Love at first in your sights. That's um, it. The two actually would wed within the year, uh, within one year of meeting one another. Was and it a shotgun
0: Frank- wedding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> that look of pain on both oh. their faces was worth it
1: alone. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm actually kicking myself that I didn't even think of that. But um, he actually, the, it's so yes, they do get married, but almost immediately upon losing this competition uh frank butler starts bringing annie on the road with him so and uh, she's starting to pick up uh, uh she's going to adapt the stage name around this time frame of annie oakley so uh there's some some people say it was based off of a town they were staying in some people think that it was uh uh just a happenstance or whatever but it's a pretty good stage name annie oakley that um that rolls off the tongue well all right it's a, a good stage name. It stays in your mind, all right? So Kevin Burke, that could be anybody, but K.P. Burke. Oh, shit, he's initials. He must be serious. That's like a doctor. But um, Annie Oakley is now going to start drawing attention for her incredible feats of marks womanship. And in 1885, the Couples Act, which included, I swear to God, all of this is uh, – it's one of those things where she's, her life has been – um Blown up, if you will, because she's a pop culture icon. I mean, her name is still relevant today. And, you know, she's been dead for you know a long time. We'll cover that later. Um, but this is, I shit you not, what this girl is capable of in 1885. Annie will shoot cigarettes out of her husband's mouth. Okay. Uh, she will also hit dimes as they're being thrown in the air. So remember I was just saying earlier about throwing dimes? They always say that for a quarterback. Oh, he's throwing dimes out there. Um, that could be meaning that he's like, oh, you could put pick your spot on a dime if you will, because Annie Oakley is able to. You throw a dime up in the air. Everybody knows. You know, actually, most kids don't know this. Uh, so, dimes were what we used before Bitcoin. And
0: oh, that's what that
1: is. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was yeah. it was the tiniest of the the coin currencies, uh, but it was also one of the more valuable ones at ten cents. But Annie could literally put a bullet in one of those dimes as it was being thrown in the air by her husband. So that's pretty fucking cool, man. She can also split a playing card in half with a rifle over her shoulder backwards using a mirror.
2: Yeah, she would she was able to uh, split the card. Um with the card would be held uh, on edge, if you will. So the, the skinny dimension of the of the playing card and she was able to split the card in two. Uh, that's not a bad shot, especially when you're going to do that backwards using the mirror for sighting. Uh, it's, it's got some talent. That's a special set of skills.
1: Well, that explains why Frank never cheated on her, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, this is going to attract some attention here because there's this idea of a married couple going around, putting on these incredible feats of, uh, you know, marksmanship and the marks men themselves or marks woman, depending on how you want to phrase it, uh, is this little petite girl who just is a uh, delighting audiences. she skips out to her rifle. Okay. As uh when her name gets called for, <laughs> she, I swear to God, just picture her putting her hands behind her back. Scoops up a rifle and then just starts shooting ashes out of people's cigarettes. I mean, this is insane.
0: See, so. like I, I could picture, like you painted the picture so well in like a Tarantino esque environment. Like I could see clear as day, see that entire thing play out. And it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> can, can you, can you imagine betting your money? Well, initial, that initial reaction where you're like, I'm going to bet this much money on her and watch her skip out and just go, Oh fuck, what did I do? And then watch her dominate. I'd be so
1: happy. Well, it's great too, because she's, I mean, they're they're doing well in their own regard here, but of course they're going to pick a pick up a little bit of attention and who is one of the smartest businessmen in the area that could put such skills to use, Dad?
2: None other than uh, Buffalo Bill Cody and his Wild West show.
1: Yes, the uh, Wild, the show within the show.
2: The show within the show, yeah. And then, I mean, she's such a huge box office drawer. First off, uh, firearms, guns were not supposed to be uh, handled by women. Now you got this little five foot nothing, literally five five foot. Um, Female, very uh, diminutive, uh, very womanly, though. She wasn't uh, uh, the rough and tumble uh, cowgirl type of a a kind of a portrayal. And she's she's banging, uh, banging away with the with the trick shots, both pistols, rifles, rifles mainly. But uh, uh, she was a huge box office draw, and especially uh, to the female crowd that, uh, you know, uh, Women's rights, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, they she could certainly outshoot uh, most any man. I mean, she just outshot her own husband, Frank Butler, in a in a competition. So uh, she's she's making the the big time, and she's getting noticed. And uh, Buffalo Bill uh, asks her to come on onto onto the big show into his own his own show.
1: Before Becky the Icebox O'Shea, there was Annie Oakley. <laughs> So uh, here we go now. Uh, During her time touring with Buffalo Bill's Wild West, Annie would become the second highest paid employee in the entire company. The only person who made more money than Annie was Buffalo Bill himself. So, yeah, there's your glass ceiling. All right. You always hear people talking about the wage gap. No, you (laughs) if you're selling tickets like Annie Oakley selling tickets um, and and she's legit, too. It's like it's I almost wanted to compare her to uh, Amy Schumer for a second, but I actually respect Annie Oakley. Um, so you can't. It's a uh, sorry, just more more shit. I'm uh, more, more shit to get thrown in my face. Should this podcast ever get picked up by a certain channel that says they like a certain topic that maybe you thought was boring in school, but is actually interesting if you read a little bit. Or um, We're getting canceled. <laughs> Dude, that'd be great. That'd be the best thing that could happen to us. Uh, I just I mean, I'm already working construction. How much worse can things get? OK, there's no. <laughs> Every you day I go stand.
0: Work and you're telling us great stories about fifteen-year-old girls who will be a better shot in their lifetime than I ever will in one minute. So it's all good.
1: You say that Uncle Paulie has a way of teaching. All right, and it's um, it he puts a burnt cigarette out on your arm every time you upset him. Ah, <laughs> Hi. right. good
0: to know. Good and eventually,
1: to know. you just learn to stop disappointing him. <laughs> <laughs> But again, she's making uh, big bucks here. She is uh, at at the height of her pay, if you will. She is the second highest paid employee in the entire company. Uh, The public is routinely wowed by Annie Oakley's displays of firearm mastery. She earns the translated nickname. This one was this was pretty fucking cool through a translator by speaking in his native tongue, if you will. uh, A nickname is given to Annie Oakley by a fellow uh, Wild West show performer. By the name of Sitting Bull, lose reception, the guy who essentially is responsible for, you know, hand and Custer his own ass back to him. <laughs> so, uh, her his nickname, I which you know he was a uh, I believe Sitting Bull was of the Lakota Sioux. Is that correct, Ed?
2: Yeah, that is correct, Kev.
1: Yeah, which is a combination of the Lakota and the Sioux tribes that, uh, I mean, they uh, check out our episode on Custer. That's one of our favorites. That's actually the episode that got the Sunquist to listen to us. There you go. And believe it or not, guys, uh, Sitting Bull is the one who is supposedly uh, given her the nickname of Little Miss Sure Shop. But that's what his Native American translation. So, uh, you know, the Native American names, uh, he who talks to turtles or anything like that. Uh, this particular one was pretty good. It's Little Miss Sure Shot. So,
2: yeah, he first he first saw her uh, perform before he was part of uh, Buffalo Bill's uh, show that uh, she performed out near the reservation where he was being held captive, if you will. Uh, Buffalo Bill had been trying to bring Sitting Bull into the show for like two years, and he was not having it. Uh, and then he saw um, Annie Oakley perform, and immediately gave her that nickname of uh, Little Miss Sure Shot. Well, it translates to Little Miss Sure Shot. And then later came into the show and befriended her uh, early on. That uh, you know they were uh, they were buds, if you will. Uh, both had a deep respect for one another, um, but. Sitting Bull did become part of Buffalo Bill's show uh, later on, so uh, he had some. You know, Buffalo Bill, no doubt, he was uh, the big time. That he had some very large uh, draws within his show. That it wasn't just Annie Oakley shooting and uh, you know Sitting Bull. They they performed all kinds of uh, reenactments, battle reenactments, Buffalo. The 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 troop was was huge. I mean, they had. Uh, live buffalo. They had horses. They had uh, elk. They had uh, all kinds of cowboys, uh, 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 Mexican cowboys, uh, all all kinds of all kinds of stuff. That uh, that was the the one of the greatest shows.
1: Now you're saying one of the greatest shows, and this is, mind you, listeners at home, this is before the greatest show on earth, if you will, uh, becomes a reality. So this is pre. Well, I mean, around the same time frame as P.T. Barnum, because I think Barnum had uh, during the draft riots in New York. I remember he was a part of that, that uh, uh, the rioters busted into his place. And I think that's why there was an elephant running around the streets of Manhattan. But um, definitely a a big deal. If you find out Buffalo Bill's in town, you want to make sure you're uh, attending that one. This is the good Buffalo Bill, by the way, folks. so, again, Annie's doing pretty well for herself. She's got this nickname of Little Miss Shot. She is the second highest paid employee in the entire company. She's got a husband that is absolutely devoted to her. They're crazy about each other um, throughout their entire lives, it, it seems. True partners, if you will. And uh, now we've also got, as we established earlier, this Huntress of California and Lillian Smith. And they are now both under the employ of Buffalo Bill Cody for his Wild West. So, naturally, the two women don't get along you'd think that you could sit there and just be like oh well i got two women they're both uh outstanding you know shots they can both ride horses well uh they both come from hard scrabble backgrounds and they're both entertainers working in this thing like you have 90% of things in common but it's one of those things when you meet someone so much like yourself that you project your insecurities onto them and that's why you uh you want to kill them <laughs> so <laughs> They do not get along. See, I didn't make that hack thing about women don't get along because that's not true. I know that part, um, but it is. Um, I mean, if, if women didn't get along, then why would Carissa Thompson and Aaron Andrews both have a podcast together? You know what I mean? They they should hate each other. They're pretty much doppelgangers, uh, two models that also work for the NFL.
0: Uh, we're done. Oh, that's,
1: oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, thank it's you, folks. You're on the show. This is this Thanks is complimentary while we were still on the air. We're canceled. I didn't say anything about their sex tapes.
2: All right, um, Get, getting back to getting back to Annie Oakley, she fine. was hired by, she was hired by uh, Buffalo Bill, uh, and she was working with the show for about a year, uh, and again a, a huge box office draw. And then uh, Buffalo Bill decides that he's going to well, if, if one female uh, trick shooter uh, is going to be a draw, why not bring in a second one? And that's where. Uh, Miss Lillian Smith comes into town, comes into play, and she's a little younger than uh, than Annie at this particular point, too. So, so much so,
1: in fact, that uh, I believe Frank Butler, Annie's husband, even starts suggesting that maybe Annie lie about her age a little bit to keep the the, close in the gap between the two of them.
2: Yeah, there is some speculation that, uh, you know, when. What was the actual date of that original Annie Oakley shooting contest? And when did they actually get married? And uh, Frank Butler was uh, had a previous marriage and he had to wait for the divorce before they could actually be married. But and it's probably a better box office draw than if. Annie is an entertainer. If she's portrayed as being a little younger than she might have been. But uh, Lillian Smith was, is definitely younger than than Annie. But uh, a one eighty as far as uh, uh, you know, femininity, if you will, that uh, <laughs> um, Annie, from some of the skills that she learned in the infirmary, is, is sewing her own costumes and uh, she's uh, She's a a true female, if you will, uh, in the stereotypical uh, portrayal of what the female was supposed to be in the 1880s, 1890s. But she's just awesome with uh, with uh, with rifles, with
1: marksmanship. And she's real big on uh, education here in her later years as well. And she's known to be a. I, I, they use the term conservative, and again, it doesn't mean the political sense of things. She's just not flashing over the top. She's like, listen, um, if you care what I'm dressed like while I'm shooting cigarette ashes out of my husband's face in front of a crowd, uh, I don't know what to sell you because I'm I'm pretty much giving you something way better. You shouldn't give a shit what I'm dressed like. Um, <laughs> so she dresses pretty conservatively, and she's, not, she's a, a, a respectable and admirable woman by all accounts here. Now, Lillian Smith shows up. And again, she's a California girl. She's Katy Perry. All right. She's got some whipped cream coming your way, fellas. And uh, she shows up. She is very flashy, uh, braggadocious. And like we said, she was known to be a, a, a shameless flirt. So it was a you know, she she understood that she had a power over some of the men and the people wanted to talk to her after shows or maybe even guys in the own, you know, Within the organization, you're like, oh, if I flirt with that guy a little bit, I notice that I get an extra serving of pie every couple of days, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, upon her arrival at Buffalo Bill's Wild West Troop, she actually says out loud, Annie Oakley is finished, which is going to set the stage for their rivalry. And the scene for it is legendary in its own right. I'm not making this up, folks. Wimbledon. So Wimbledon. Buffalo Wimbledon, the, the big uh, British... Um, uh, tennis match it's one of the, uh, the 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 big ones if you will in terms of tennis i remember watching it uh, uh in florida on a road gig one time with uh, my great buddy jeff Zinasek, who's got a great podcast called two woke boys so wimbledon is a a big deal all right uh buffalo bill had brought the troop over to england and so it, again it's such a huge attraction that i again shit you not folks it, it doesn't sound like it's supposed to happen but boom queen victoria is in the building in 1887
2: yeah, yeah she's uh, i mean the, the buffalo bill show is so huge that uh, he takes it worldwide and now this american troop if you will is going over to uh, england and the rest of europe but he's in uh england in 1887 uh, because it happened to be queen victoria's golden jubilee so i mean that's a huge celebration 50 years of the of the monarchy under queen victoria and they're having this big celebration and that's where Uh, The Queen of England and a lot of other royalty of Europe is viewing uh, Annie Oakley's uh, expert marksmanship. uh, I had to check the timelines,
1: too. Uh, Sorry to interrupt you, but I had to check the timelines because they list all of the, the royalty and the big names that she performed in front of Annie Oakley. I'm talking about and. It almost would seem like it was all at one time, but it's actually it's such a constant power. This show that Buffalo Bill has put together that um, there's multiple trips over to Europe, so it's pretty cool here. Um, now, of course, what's going to you know be the big ticket item here is that now you have uh, British and American papers both playing up the rivalry between Annie Oakley and Lillian Smith. So, Kahuna, you said earlier you had heard of Annie Oakley, right? But had you ever heard of Lillian Smith? No. Well, here's why. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So uh, leading into the event, due to Lillian being the younger of the two, she was receiving positive coverage uh, from the papers. They were sitting like, oh, the young upstart coming here to challenge, you know, uh, the champion Rocky Balboa. And, you know, Annie herself is still getting good coverage. We're like, oh, Annie's classic. She's great. You know, how do you argue with that? She's got such a great body. So it's almost like a, a Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl type of thing here with the young upstart coming after uh, the person who's on the top of the mountain. And after the Wimbledon showcase, however, uh, that rivalry is no longer really going to be selling tickets, folks. Um, now, Dad, if you're prepared for our final uh, character to enter the story here. We've already mentioned him a little bit, but we have to hit his story arc, if you will. And well, we're going to be done with this episode within the next 10 minutes or so here. But I know you did some great research on the guy. He's born in Iowa in 1846. He's born William Frederick Cody. How the How's the general public going to refer to him, Dad?
2: Uh, I think that might be Kind of a wild hair or no, I'm sorry. Wild Bill. No, that's uh, that's something different again. Uh, uh, I'm going to let you take that one, Kev. I mean, William Fred Friedrich Frederick.
1: William Frederick Cody, (laughs) you go. (laughs) He is. uh, He lives a thoroughly fascinating life. I swear, as I'm scrolling, I wasn't even going to include him in this episode because he deserves his own episode. But he's so uh, such an integral part of the story of Annie Oakley, and again, he's the person who put Annie and and Lillian up against one another here in the first place. And you gotta feel like Buffalo Bill kind of knew this. He's sitting there in the back. He goes, "I got two of these young girls that are crack shots that wow the crowds." I mean, of course, they're going to, you know, um, what a dream match it would be to see, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson, you know, and uh, again, Buffalo Bill Cody lives a thoroughly fascinating life in every of his 70 years on this earth. In his early years, he would show an aptitude for marksmanship and hunting and trapping. Does that sound? uh, Is there a theme with the people who are making uh, good money? on the entertainment circus or, uh, circuit around this time.
2: Yeah, and and again, uh, this was reality TV of, of its day because at this particular point in time when Buffalo Bill Cody is putting on uh, these, these shows, the West really wasn't as wild as it might have been. So they're really um, trying to portray or put on a show from what all these dime novelists have been writing for the past 20 years. And they're really hyping up what life was like in the, in the Wild West. The, the, you know, the, all the final Indian Wars are over. Uh, all the Indians are on a reservation at this particular point in time. So, you know, the Wild West wasn't as wild as it was, had been. Uh, and vast majorities of the population are now moving into the, into the cities Uh, Small towns are are uh, there's a definite um, population shift and they're really living on remembrances of uh, what was life in the Old West uh, back in back in the day kind of a thing. Um, And people are eating it up. Um, But uh, Bill Cody lived through um a, a vast part of that you know he was an, an army scout he was uh he fought in the in the uh, he was underage, actually in the civil war uh served as an indian scout he receives the medal of honor which uh there was a lot of uh, to do over that too because uh, congress enacted some laws later on that took a lot of those medals away from people but that, that was another whole side story but uh uh he he was a living legend, if you will, in his own right. So he was a big box office draw. Just to see Buffalo Bill himself in in person at at his at his show at his traveling troupe.
1: Well, so you I, said uh, reality TV earlier. I thought, what a great season of The Bachelor it would be if Annie Oakley was the <laughs> bachelorette. And, yeah, there you go. And at the end, uh, she shoots a, a cigarette out of uh, everyone's mouth that she's sending home.
2: You're gonna shoot a rose or something? <laughs> out of her yeah. mouth, right?
1: yeah. <laughs> um But you're you're right, dude. Uh, Buffalo Bill, wildlife here. Uh, every one of his uh, years on this earth is fascinating. So, hero of the Indian Wars, fighting in the Civil War, again, Medal of Honor discrepancy, if you will. As to whether or not you want to really award that to him, but. I got to cover this one part here as we're attempting to land this plane. Uh, So each one of these stories has um, we set up Annie Oakley. We set up Lillian Smith. The two of them are about to go head to head in Wimbledon here. So that's really a big portion of this movie, if you will, that we're trying to create about the mythos of these three people. So now that we've, you know, Buffalo Bill is an older gentleman here at the time frame that we're talking about between uh, Lillian Smith and Annie Oakley. As a young man, though, Buffalo Bill and our little flashback we're going to do here now, this, uh, you know, Throwback episode, if you will. Um, (laughs) He actually comes across. uh, He has a nickname of Buffalo Bill. That's what he's going to become known as Buffalo Bill Cody, known for his hunting prowess and supplying meat to the railroads. Okay. now the nickname of Buffalo Bill around this time was also being used by a hunter known as Buffalo Bill Comstock. So uh, what are you going to do when there's two Buffalo Bills? Well, I'm Buffalo Bill. No, I'm Buffalo Bill. I started using it first. Well, I own the rights to it. You know, that kind of a thing. So they decide that they're going to settle this once and for all of who should be known as Buffalo Bill. And the two of them will engage in an eight-hour, eight-hour-long buffalo hunting contest for the rights to the name. So obviously, uh, Buffalo Bill Cody will emerge as the winner, okay, because you've never heard of Buffalo Bill Comstock. And, uh of-
2: yeah, he had to he had to give up the rights to Buffalo Bill after after the contest was over. But uh, the contest was pretty cool in itself. Um, buffalo Bill Cody comes out as the winner. Um, and if I can jump into that cap for uh, if you will. Um, you know, again, there was a, a time to contest who can kill the most Buffalo in an eight hour type of a thing. Um, buffalo Bill's technique he would ride into the herd and from the front and he would take out the first couple of uh, buffalo that were charging him if you will and then as the herd split and went around him he would shoot from the same position where comstock would come up behind the herd and shoot the the stragglers if we will from behind so all of his kills were now comstock's kills were stretched out for miles uh, to be able to collect the meat, when again that's what they're hunting. They're hunting to feed the uh, the railroad crews that are building the railroads across uh, the United States, where Buffalo Bill Cody is dropping them pretty much right where they were. So they were all right within a a, a full circle. Um, but uh, Buffalo Bill Cody is able to uh, take out 68 buffalo in an eight hours, and uh, Comstock only took out 48 in the same eight hour time period. But those 48 that Comstock took out were stretched out for miles and miles. So, uh, you know, uh, clearly he's a winner on on a number of different counts.
1: Well, uh, also a little side note here too. It's almost like it was predestined that Buffalo Bill was gonna wind up going into the entertainment industry. So as a young man, he actually becomes infatuated with uh, his future wife who he had a uh, later on in life, he was cheating on her on the regular and they were very cantankerous. The two of them, I think they actually split up for a little while and then went up getting back together in their old age because they were truly in love with one another, but he had a Italian wife, which was not very common. I mean, we all grew up in New Jersey. So, uh, you know, that, that Italian is like a, a normal thing for us here, but that was kind of a, a rare thing, especially for a cowboy folk, um, you know, in the 1880s and 1870s and whatnot. But um, I want to point this one thing out here. Buffalo Bill has this weird appreciation for Italian culture. The rifle that he uses to win this Buffalo hunting contest is his famous Springfield rifle, Springfield Armory, Massachusetts. All right. Also that the guys who made the, uh, the Springfield bolt action that uh, our boys took overseas and uh, kicked some ass with in world war one. He would refer to his rifle, the Springfield rifle of his, he named it. All the best rifles have names. Okay. What was Davy Crockett's rifles name? Dad. Mm, Old Bess I I don't remember Old Betsy
2: Old Betsy Okay I said Bess Betsy I was close
1: Well a brown Bess Was also actually Another musket That was used uh, By the English Army I think But uh, this particular rifle Is named Lucrezia Borgia After a famous Italian noblewoman From an opera So yeah He's Buffalo Bill He's out there You know Killing Buffalo And everything like that And he's got his Of course he's a very flashy guy With long hair Big mustache Cowboy hat You know Real tough son of a bitch but he also loves the opera. He's a man of culture and taste.
0: He's, he's got a very particular taste.
1: He's, he's uh, a Renaissance, Renaissance man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Move over, Dos Equis. We have a new world's most interesting man. Uh, and he wins the rights to the name. So now that he has the rights to the name, now his legend's already growing. He's a well-known guy here. He's going to start this Wild West, quote, show, end quote, in 1883, and he will acquire such talents as the legendary sitting bull, as you mentioned that. And also you also mentioned this guy a little bit earlier too, uh, just in, in, joking, but it's always cool to me when you find out that these people are all friends with each other. Um, but yeah, so sitting bull and Buffalo bill are friendly uh, sitting bull and Annie Oakley are friendly. Buffalo bill is good friends with wild bill Hickok. So, uh, Oh, uh, sir. Um, uh, what should I put the the reservation under? Bill? I'm sorry, sir. Is that wild or buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, his good buddy, Wild Bill Hickok, who, of course, will infamously be gunned down after a game of poker in which he is holding the aforementioned dead man's hand. Shout out Kevin Garifo. Aces uh, and eights. Aces and eights. Who was on our episode of uh, American Loser where we covered the great Calamity Jane. So check that one out. It's also available on YouTube, guys. I've been putting shit up on YouTube. Check us out over there.
0: Thank you for motion picture.
1: Uh, it. Cahoons, I cannot wait for that. And I uh, let's get it into the Garden State Film Festival next year. <laughs> so, so Ming will actually spend some time with us again. <laughs> but um, Wild Bill does not care for the stage and entertainment business quite like his friend Buffalo Bill does. Uh, he is... <laughs> Yeah, he didn't
2: like to be in the spotlight
1: much. I'm putting this (laughs) delicately, all right? Yeah. So I understand it because there have been times on stage as a comedian where you wish that you had a gun in your hand to handle some business. But uh, apparently, Wild Bill Hickok was let out of his contract with Buffalo Bill early uh, because he shot a spotlight out from on stage that was shining on him because he didn't like it. So, (laughs) yeah, imagine seeing that one, man. I don't know if that was planned or not. (laughs) You didn't have to call to the lighting
2: engineer to dim the lights. He took care of business himself by pulling a pistol and shooting it out.
0: Hey, can we dim that? Never mind. And, and,
2: Got and it. Just, and just as a, uh, just as a kind of a timeline thing here too, um, Buffalo Bill Cody uh, took his show really. F- Initially to the stage, it wasn't the big extravaganza outdoor arenas, uh, that type of thing just yet. But as his popularity grew, he took it from the stage and then had to make it bigger and better and took it to outdoor uh, arena type thing. You know, the big spectacle. Uh, You know, when I think of. uh, going to medieval times where the Knights are jousting back and forth on horseback and everything else, or, uh, uh, Dolly Parton's, uh, stampede down in, uh, Gatlinburg. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a similar type of a thing. It's, it's, you know, horses and cowboys and Indians and, uh, uh, everything else. But initially it started on stage and that's where wild Bill, while Bill uh, Hickok decided he didn't want the spotlight on him and shot it out with his revolver.
1: <laughs> well, uh, he does wind up missing out whether or not, you know, maybe he should have stuck around for a little while longer because Buffalo Bill's stage show is now, like you said, that turning into quite the spectacular. And uh, again, he's going to be able to, by becoming a global sensation, Buffalo Bill gets to perform and meet with dignitaries and monarchs from all over the world, including kings, queens, emperors, Kaisers, and even the Pope himself. I mean, you know you've led a pretty cool life when an entire NFL franchise is named after you, okay? New York has the Giants and the Jets, right? Baltimore has the Ravens after Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, throwback American loser. Um, and But, I mean, this the entire franchise in Buffalo is just named the Bills. That's it. After Buffalo Bill Cody, they literally are named after one guy. So um, now we've set up, we've kind of explained him here. And again, we probably should do a deeper dive on him, but we just don't have the time guys. Cause I gotta get you boys back over to the no, boys. I gotta get you, uh, I gotta get the listeners back over to Wimbledon in 1887. As Buffalo Bill is looking on and what must've been great interest as his two gun toting gals are putting on a display before the queen of England herself. A real Magic versus Larry type of rivalry had emerged between the two women, but Wimbledon would prove to be the high watermark. Annie essentially pitched a perfect game, and Lillian Smith could not get past the third inning. So the papers in America and England are both going to start mocking Nellie, uh, Lillian Smith. rather, Again, because she showed up, and she's very flashy, and she's younger, and she's the upstart, and she shows up. She Again, keep in mind, folks, she talked a little trash, too. She goes, Annie Oakley is finished. Lillian Smith's here. Who? Yeah,
2: she shot her mouth as well as her (laughs) rifle.
1: Not bad, sir. No shotgun wedding, but solid. Oh, yeah, Uh, okay. (laughs) uh, Well, after that, Lillian would work for another promoter named Pawnee Bill. I don't know what it is about the 1880s, but if your name is Bill, you're probably going to start some sort of a a ruckus with your guns. So um, Lillian would go on to, again, she's still going to hold records and stuff like that. Her career is not over but she's clearly second fiddle. I mean, it is, you are no, uh, it's like Derrick Rose versus Michael Jordan in Chicago. Yeah. Derrick Rose is pretty good, you know, but everybody associates the Chicago bulls with Michael Jordan.
2: Yeah. As, so, as long as Annie is on the team, she's going to be JV and Annie's going to be going playing varsity that day.
1: Yeah. She winds up leaving uh Buffalo bills troop, if you will, too. not too long after that. Good point. Um, so she's gonna work for the other organization. She's gonna make some money. Again, still holds some records for shooting throughout her career. Uh, she's also gonna get married five different times. So uh, and then I think the last person was just listed as her partner, if you will. So she had uh quite she always had a guy around, I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah, uh, and those those five uh marriages, uh they all ended in divorce. It wasn't like somebody died or got shot or something along those lines, but uh I mean, yeah, she, she must have She must have been a real keeper to go through five different husbands.
1: Oh, yeah. It's uh, like Liz Taylor, but with a gun. Um, Annie would become, by the way, because, again, you're never going to usurp Annie Oakley as the best. So, I mean, it's not like, well, why bother at all? It's just, well, shit. I mean, that is that's the benchmark. Annie Oakley's the truth. She has, in fact, at this time already become the nation's first major female star. And she's going to use her fame to advocate for women's education she's going to encourage that females get firearm training in order to use the weapons for self-defense that's actually a cause that's kind of near and dear to my heart because so much stuff with the you know the fear of gun violence is never having been around guns in any sort of a positive so anytime a person who hates guns who's never shot one before Hears about guns, it's because something negative's going on. I was like, well, you don't understand about the the, the skill of learning the thing, the thrill of it, um, the the sporting aspect of it, the the learning of it, the the bonding that goes on with the people. That do. I mean, my uncle's an asshole. He's listening to us right now, but he's he's an asshole. I'm quite fond of, and a big reason why is because he taught me how to shoot and is taking me on hunting trips. So that's a huge thing here, and Annie's all about that with uh, getting the women uh, to. She even wants women to serve in the military uh, in combat, not just like in some sort of a a background role as quartermasters or, uh, you know, any sort of a a nurse or anything like that. She actually wants to get in the shit because she's got a whole crew. I'm not even making this up, folks. All right. You're going to think I am. Annie Oakley writes a letter to President William McKinley saying that, hey, uh, it looks like we're going to go to war with Spain soon over that island off the coast of Miami called Cuba. So when the shit hits the fan, I'm willing to provide you with up to 50 of my gal pals. All right. We have a Tupperware club that also happens to be a group (laughs) of Marx women. So (laughs) ask me about my Mary Kay products. (laughs) So She's got uh, all these women that she's been training on firearms that are now sharpshooters. Legit. They're not all Annie Oakley's, but they're good. Okay, they would qualify on the range. And she's saying, President McKinley, let me get a let's. Let's get some women in here. Nothing's going to fuck with the Spanish more than seeing uh, their killers wearing blouses. That's going to mess with some people. So unfortunately, President McKinley actually turns her down. Um, It's interesting here, too. I want to mention this part as well. Um, During another European tour, Annie would, by personal request, shoot the ashes off a cigarette that was being held in the mouth of Kaiser Wilhelm. Of a new little unified country known as Germany, uh, folks. I'm not even gonna not even gonna waste any more time on it. If you don't know who Kaiser Wilhelm is, you should read more. <laughs> All right, pretty pretty impactful guy here in history. Little thing called the Great War about to kick off. That's gonna involve that fellow right there. So he's a big big fan of uh, good old Annie Oakley. Actually, when Buffalo Bill Cody dies at age seventy. I believe Kaiser Wilhelm even makes a public announcement because he was so fond of him. Uh, so, you know, if the, the Kaiser, which by the way means Caesar uh, in German, that that's what they, they, they viewed them as Caesar. And then also czar means Caesar in Russian. So they were all considered themselves extensions of the Roman empire. That's how uh, big of a deal those guys were. So around this time, Buffalo bills quote show uh, is called Buffalo Bills Wild West and, and Congress of Rough Riders of the World. Kahuna, who do you think's going to see that name and then maybe name his little crew that's heading over to Cuba to go fight in a battle called San Juan Hill?
0: Get out of here.
1: That's right, folks. Yeah. Te- Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt. Get
0: the- oh, get the Sunquist out of here. Yeah, <laughs> Yo! Buffalo Bill,
2: yeah, Buffalo Bill renames his show to be the Buffalo Bills Wild West and Congress of Rough Riders of the World, and they had all kinds of Rough Riders. It was cowboys, it was Indians, it was uh, Cossacks, it was um, Mongols, it was you know all the all the badass uh, riders, uh, uh, warriors, if you will, horseback warriors um, of the world uh, that were portrayed in this in this uh, outdoor show uh, and. Again, they, this was one of the biggest uh, gigs going uh, to be involved with Buffalo Bill's uh, Wild West Congress of Rough Riders of the world and future President uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, he, he likes that whole Rough Rider uh, um, uh, title or, or handle. And he, that's what he uses when uh, he takes the uh, the first American cavalry to uh, to Cuba, uh, unfortunately for. For TR, there weren't any horses involved because uh, they were left back in t- in Tampa, Florida, because of uh, some shipping complications, and that might be a future uh, a future episode. Uh, just uh, the the things that we had to go through to get the people to get the boys over to Cuba, Kev, uh, down the road. But uh, yeah, that, uh, TR definitely was part of that whole rough rider uh, genre or uh, mystique, if you will.
1: It uh, Again, there's nothing during Teddy Roosevelt's life that didn't have a little bit of his fingerprints on it. It's pretty pretty much as fascinating as they get. Uh, Buffalo Bill, at this point, has been famous for years. And he is the star attraction of his, quote, show. And, folks, we have a couple of themes here on the show. One of them is don't fuck with TR. Another one of them is uh, maybe getting a little bit of a deeper dive into a topic you thought you knew about, but maybe you didn't. And then sometimes... Sometimes we have to really work hard to try to sneak the great state of New Jersey in, folks. Uh, And other times it just lands on your lap because from 1892 to 1904, Annie Oakley and her husband, Frank would live in Nutley, New Jersey.
0: Get out of here.
1: About 12 to 15 minutes, depending on traffic away from where I sit at this very moment is actually where she, uh, her and Frank lived. And Annie is actually in the New Jersey hall of fame because of her time spent here In uh, Bruce Springsteen's hometown.
2: (laughs) Not only only New Jersey. Yeah. A a little interesting tidbit. Um, The house is no longer there. They had to tear the house down, uh, I think, back in the 50s. But uh, one of the comments that was made in tearing the thing down was that there was very few closets in the house because... uh, Annie Oakley and Frank Butler were so used to living out of trunks all their life as they're touring around uh, Europe and the United States that, uh, you know, they they were used to living out of a suitcase, if you were living out of a trunk that they didn't have a whole (laughs) lot of closets in the house in Nutley. So just uh, a little, little tip. I mean, they were they were show people that, uh, you know, they were seldom putting down roots. But uh, Nutley, New Jersey was briefly uh, one of their uh, one of their houses.
1: Well, I mean, it's not the only time they're going to spend over in New Jersey, too, folks, because in 1894, while living in New Jersey, two years into her residency in New Jersey, if you will, Annie's going to encounter something known as, and Kahuna, I will be very excited if you know this. Um, you might actually know because you have such a, a great um, knowledge of the obscure at times. Yeah, you
0: know.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> Annie will encounter something known as Black Maria.
0: Oh, oh no way. Are right, we? Like Thomas Edison?
1: That's right, folks. <laughs> I told you the Kahuna would know this one, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, is it another female sharpshooter? No, folks. Uh, that's already been settled. Annie Oakley's the best Can that's ever done this? it. Can I take this one? Absolutely, dude. Run Black,
0: with it. Black Maria is Thomas Edison's film studio that was in East Orange or just. Does- West West Orange. West West Orange, Orange, New Jersey. It was legitimately the first film studio ever. Yes. All future templates would kind of come from what that was. But wait, what's the connection?
1: Well, um, she's going to encounter the Black Maria, as it was known, this uh, film studio, this kinetoscope studio in West Orange, New Jersey because, uh, again, folks, I'm sorry, all right? Pat Dowden, I know you're out there listening, sir. I didn't mean to do this one, okay? We didn't try to shoehorn this in. Jersey just is the center of the universe. You can't get away from it. So, uh, yeah, a friend of Buffalo Bill's, fella, as Kahuna said, by the name of Thomas Alva Edison, is going to record uh, Little Miss Shershot sure herself in a film where he records Annie Oakley putting on a shooting exhibition. The name of the Kinetoscope film is Little Miss Shershot. Sure
2: yeah. And the, and the, kinetoscope really was, would go on, uh, that technology, uh, would then go on later to be most, the motion picture industry really that the film was taken by sprockets through the, through the viewer that people could, uh, drop your diamond and look into the kinetoscope to to see Annie Oakley on film, uh, performing some of her, her trick shots. So there's a, there's another Jersey connection for you that, uh, you know that she was one of the first uh pieces of uh film if you will um performing some of her shots and i got what i got i got i got another vague uh t- a new jersey tie-in uh buffalo bill cody uh kev where, where do you think buffalo bill cody's mother was born
1: oh no all right well if if you're saying well, it with this shit grin on your face <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> Tret- Tret- Tretton, new jersey so Tretton? uh Trenton, yeah, Trenton makes the world takes. So there you Jesus. go, Trenton, <laughs> Trenton, New Jersey, was uh, Buffalo Bill Cody's mother's birth uh, birthplace. But that's uh, where
1: all this piss and vinegar comes from. From Buffalo Bill, his mother's from Jersey. The tough she's, girls. She's a
2: Jersey girl. She's a Jersey
1: girl. Christopher. It should have been named Christopher. <laughs> Christopher.
2: Yeah. What was
0: the film called again?
1: Uh, I believe it was titled. Um, Little Miss Sure Shot, and it was a, a shooting exhibition of Annie just uh, probably, presumably, I think she was shooting glass balls out of the air.
0: Sounds like a spin doctor's song.
1: It's a <laughs> <laughs> These two princes who adore you. <laughs> um, well, we're going to land this plane, folks, because uh, we got to, all right, because we got more shit we got to record here tonight, and uh, the Kahuna's time is valuable, folks, all right? Five bucks over on Patreon, support the show. Uh, Annie's later years are marked with intriguing chapters like her foray into stage acting after being forced to leave Buffalo Bill's company due to injuries from, it was a train crash, right dad? Oh, I'm Patrick. sorry. <laughs> I, had,
2: I, was, I wasn't too quick on the trigger there for the mute button, but
1: uh, I call you off guard too. That's my fault, but yeah, it, no, it was there, a train accident, right?
2: There was a, a huge train accident uh, that she's um, had some severe injuries. They were in North Carolina, and again, this Wild West and Congress are Rough Riders is such a huge show that they're in North Carolina and they're traveling north on on the railroad. But the the, uh, the show is so huge that it actually takes up two trains. Uh, Buffalo Bill himself is in the in the lead train, and then uh, Annie and uh, Frank Butler are in the second train. Uh, Telegraph messages sent north because it's a single track running north and south. So you had to send signals um, one way or the other um, to make sure that you don't have a head-on collision. Well, they sent the telegraph message north that the, the, the train heading south should be sidetracked until the, circ- the, the Wild West shows train passes. The engineer of the southbound train sees Buffalo Bill's train goes by, but he was never informed that the show takes up two trains. So he pulls out onto the track and now these two trains are are heading uh, head headlong into one another. And there's a huge crash. Uh, Annie uh, sustains very severe back injuries. She's laid up for a long period of time, uh, had to undergo a number of different back surgeries. uh, And we're talking, you know, 1901 back surgery type thing. So uh, you know, you're not going into Kessler Institute or something like that. Uh, it's, it, she, she really put up, whooped the hurting on her that she was never, no longer able to uh, travel around with the, with the Wild West show like, like she had in the past. And she was um, really coming, her comeback, if you will, was on stage, which was a little easier for her to, uh, to handle. But, uh, yeah, that was really. That train crash was really the demise of uh, the Buffalo Bill Wild West show because things started to go south uh, after that train crash. They were never, ever really able to recover back to their
1: to their former glory. Um, Especially when your big ticket item is no longer touring.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, she does pick up the stage acting thing a little bit, Um, and she also picks up a little habit of uh, winning libel lawsuits. Okay. Uh, It's actually worth mentioning here, folks, that Annie was such a good integrity based person that she had a lot of pride in her name as such a good person. And she first of all, a lot of big involved with charities and stuff like that, too. She was her and Frank definitely gave back and and had a sense of uh, appreciation for where they were able to come from. Uh, and what they were able to achieve. So by all means, model citizens, the two of them, uh, doting, absolutely in love with each other. Buffalo Bill is banging like three or four chicks a night, uh, cheating on his wife. And Annie Oakley and Frank Butler, uh, pretty much uh, solid people here. So unfortunately, uh, it's very easy to take a name like Annie Oakley and then start writing sensational stories about it. So Annie will actually lose money, but win, uh, almost all of the f- uh, 55 libel lawsuits uh, that publications ran false stories about her. So one story in particular uh, run in a loser section, William Randolph Hearst newspaper alludes to Annie Oakley being arrested for theft in order to pay for her cocaine habit. So what? apparently, yes. So number one, yeah. Annie yeah, does not have a coke problem. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Hearst wasn't Hearst uh, wasn't noted for uh, you know accuracy in his reports. If it was going to sell newspapers, he was all about it. Um, and uh, a little backstory: one of the guys that wrote some of the dime novels and really kind of built up Wild uh, Buffalo Bills um, genre, if you will. His his mystique um, later went on to become an editor to a rival newspaper of of, of the Hearst publications. And we say William Randolph Hearst newspaper. It's not just one newspaper. This is across the country. There was multiple newspapers that were running this. Uh, Annie Oakley is addicted to cocaine uh, story. So that's why there was so many different libel lawsuits because she took it upon herself now to, to sue all of these various newspapers that ran that story. They all happened to be owned by or uh, controlled by uh, William Randolph Hearst, but uh, uh, the the loser part of that whole thing too is that um, she didn't she didn't uh, regain uh, the money in the libel lawsuits that she spent in in kind of defending herself. So you know it, it cost her more money to defend her uh, position or her her uh, uh, honor, if you will, than uh, than it really was uh, than it cost her. But uh, Yeah, Hurst was (laughs) – talk about a loser. I
1: think he's one of our champion losers. Check out the back catalog for more information on him. Now, what a bastard William Randolph Hearst is, folks, because most newspapers – by the way, this particular story about her being arrested for theft in order to pay for her cocaine habit. Number one, Annie Oakley had no cocaine habit. She was also never arrested. Um, In addition to that – the woman that was arrested was a probably drugged out prostitute. I know she was a prostitute, I believe, but um, definitely on drugs or substances. And she gave her name at the time of her arrest as, well, what's your name? She goes, I'm Annie fucking Oakley. <laughs> and one paper sat there and go, oh, Annie Oakley got arrested. Should we verify that? No, print it. Fake news. All right. Say what you want, guys. Fake news exists. We've proven it on the show time and time again. Um, it's just so- names over time. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem is this, is that she uh, most newspapers retract the story. And William Randolph Hearst is such a bastard that rather than retract it from the paper, they'll sit there and they'll try to settle it. in you know, the courts, he has to actually pay uh, you know, money now to Annie Oakley for a defamation of character, if he will, that he loses the suit. So what does he go out and do? Instead of give her the money, he hires a private investigator to track Annie Oakley around and dig up dirt on her so that he can then run that in the paper. He goes, oh, I'll find out the shit you're actually into. And here's the problem, folks. Ain't no dirt on Annie Oakley. That girl's a saint. All right. Her and her husband, good people donating to charities, uh, the former show business things here. She's responsible for helping women get educated here. Uh, She's also really big, like we said, upon uh, getting women to be educated, which was kind of revolutionary for the time here as well. Uh, She was big on getting females uh, familiar with and comfortable with firearms. She actually, I swear to God, I had to look this one up. Routinely gives to charity and also teaches 15,000 women, over 15,000 women, how to safely use a firearm. So she's not just up there sitting there and saying, and if you work hard, you can be just like me. She's out there actually teaching women how to shoot guns. So walking the walk, talking the talk. She's about as good as they come, folks. And unfortunately, her marriage uh, to Frank is uh, one of mutual devotion until – Uh, Frank will actually uh, outlive her by, I believe, 18 days because uh, Annie will die, unfortunately, in 1926. The cause of her death was anemia related to a vitamin B deficiency that led to her decline in health over the last year. Frank, her husband, is said to have been so heartbroken uh, at the loss of his wife and companion that he would follow her to the great beyond just 18 days later. Frank was buried next to Annie's ashes at Brock Cemetery in Ohio. So... Annie's legend will live on through both. Uh, you know, I mean, she's going to live on, of course, because of the musical. It's going to come out over here. I mean, she's got a pretty great life. Um, she becomes uh, obviously retains her status, I should say, as a pop culture icon. Um, the musical Annie, Get Your Gun, would ensure her place forever. Uh, as will also portrayals of her by Ethel Merman, who is responsible for the hardest I ever laughed at the movie Airplane. That is the scene I will still fall down on my face every time she pops up on screen. Um, she's also played by Reba McIntyre and uh, even uh, yogurt spokeswoman, Jamie Lee Curtis will also play wow. Annie Oakley. Yeah. So the idea of the American West, the whole cowgirl image, uh, this sharpshooting ladies of the plains, all intertwined here in the stories of Lillian Smith, Buffalo Cody and Annie Oakley uh lp cahoons you have anything you want to say to the people as we land this plane and i'm so sorry it took so long but i'm not going to skip over this woman's fascinating life
2: yeah i i i gotta i gotta pay tribute to my uh to my own father here because i can remember growing up as a kid if uh, we were able to score tickets or somebody was going to take you to the movies or to a ball game or whatever and you didn't have to pay for it that was to his lingo that was an anti-oakley hey how'd you score the anti-Oakley? And I'm, I never could figure I never could figure that one out until I started doing some more research on uh, this, uh, this particular episode. But it seems that uh, uh, Annie and Frank Butler never really had kids of their own, but she lavished all kinds of uh, uh, gifts and everything else to her nieces and nephews. And she was also famous for handing out free tickets to the to the Wild West show uh, to kids so that the kids could go and see the see the show, if you will. Um and at that particular time frame, the late 1800s, early 1900s, ushers uh, would traditionally or, or ticket takers would traditionally punch a hole in the ticket if it was a freebie. If, it was, if somebody was getting in for free, they would punch the ticket uh, and that would differentiate at the end of the night when they're counting up receipts. Well, what was a paid what was a paid entry and what was a, uh, you know, a, a freebie type of a thing. And um, a lot of times uh, Annie would be taking playing cards and shooting holes in the playing card. So the ticket or the playing card, you know, if it had a hole in it, uh, it started to take on the, the nickname, if you will. That's an Annie Oakley, if your, if, tic- if your ticket had a hole in it. Um, and it was also, it, it kind of, made its way into uh baseball that uh you know ball four take your base that's a free pass well that's an Annie Oakley that's a that's a freebie to to get on base because uh you got the free pass to uh to get to first base um but uh yeah so if somebody wants to give you a couple of Annie Oakley's to the to the latest show, that's uh, that's a freebie. That's uh, I finally was able to figure out what an Annie Oakley was as far as a ticket was concerned.
1: So, so you- uh, good. A friend of the show, a friend of mine and a great comic, by the way, we tease him mercilessly. Um, Ken Krantz is going to be headlining a club that I love, the Laugh It Up guys over in Poughkeepsie. He's going to be headlining that club here soon. And because Ken is not a draw whatsoever in comedy, There's going to be a lot of Annie Oakley's in that crowd, dad.
0: Um, (laughs) So I love love the art of KP being able to take such a wholesome story just to rag on. It's
1: it's a skill, folks. It's a skill LP. uh, Great research on this one, man. I again, I keep saying we're going to land this plane. We got to get out of here, folks, because we got to get done with our Patreon episode. Come join us over on Patreon, guys. We're having a great time over there. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's KP Burke over on Facebook. I still post jokes every now and then, even though I'm starting to get real fucking sick of it. Um, hit me up at uh, Instagram. It's at KP Burke Sucks American Loser Podcast on facebook and instagram as well if you guys message me on there that's always me that's getting back to you guys i do my damnedest to try to keep in touch with you guys uh also we do have a bunch of the episodes up on youtube now so if you want to tell somebody about the show and they're like well, what's a podcast just send them the youtube link man i got a bunch of the episodes up there i'm going to keep adding them there as well and again eventually we'll get into the things that we actually want to be doing i think this summer is probably gonna be the time frame where i'll actually sit down and use some of the kahuna's other skills and put them to use uh also for cash so go ahead guys um <laughs> uh that being said, Mike and Ming take great care of us as always. Thank you to the Kahuna Bay and the ones and twos. Thank you to my father for making me love history. And guys, my name was KP Burke, and that was Annie Oakley, American Loser.
0: An American Loser, the day I was born. An American Loser, the day I was born. An American Loser, the day I was born.